You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome back to the personal profitability podcast as always i'm your host eric rosenberg welcome back to episode number 32 and as always the show notes can be found at the uh, the name of the episode so you go to personalprofitability.com slash episode 32 will be how you find this one or any other episode just slash the word episode spelled out and then the two numbers or three numbers once we hit 100 which uh we're a little ways off from but um, so first, I want to say sorry for missing our last scheduled episode. I've never missed a scheduled episode before going on the uh, you know first and third Thursdays of every month. But this last month has been absolutely crazy. As I'd shared in a previous episode, I quit my job. I moved. So I'm actually recording this in my new living room here in Ventura, California. I can call this uh, personal profitability HQ and studios all in one. Um, you know, one, one thing from moving from a less expensive state to a more expensive state is I live in a smaller place. So, so the living room is my office and I actually got a co-working space too, which is pretty cool. I'll talk about that in a future episode. But today I wanted to talk about something that I, uh, I came across. I emailed the entire email list. If you're not on the email list, definitely get on there, go to personalprofitability.com. It's right on the front and center of the homepage. Very easy to sign up or personalprofitability.com slash email to get straight to a sign-up form. But I had sent out an email to the list and uh, gave away a whole bunch of books right before I moved. I had a stack of personal finance books that weighed about 20 pounds and decided I'm going to give it to two lucky winners and only people on the email list were eligible to to sign up for that. So they signed up and part of the, the only thing they had to do to enter was answer a couple of quick questions on a survey. And the number one problem that everybody who was on the email list has is how how can they get out of debt? And you know, I think that's a really really common problem these days. I've talked to you know a lot of friends and, and other finance bloggers about their debt situations, and it just seems like everyone is is with the same struggle. You know, student loan debt is is going out of control. There's I think 1.3 trillion with, with a T dollars in outstanding student loans right now. The average graduate is getting out of undergrad with thirty five thousand dollars in student loans. You know, I was lucky to, uh, you know, I worked really hard and got a full ride scholarship to undergrad thanks to the Boy Scouts of America. So shout out to the Denver Area Council and the John Madden Scholarship Fund there. So I got out of undergrad debt free, but then when I went to my $90,000 MBA program, I did not get out of that debt free. I had about $40,000 in student loans when I finished. You know, I worked, I've busted my butt in my whole life, so I've never had any credit card debt. I've never to this day ever paid a cent in credit card interest, but I have had a couple of mortgages. I had a car loan once and um, of course those $40,000 in student loans. And I paid off my car loan in less than half the time that it was scheduled. It was a five-year loan. I paid it off in a little over two years. And my student loans, those $40,000, I actually started making payments while I was still in school. I worked full-time while going to school full-time. So when I graduated, I didn't have you know, all this debt that I hadn't started paying. And part of my loans were subsidized, so those didn't grow during school. But the unsubsidized portion was accruing interest while in school, and I knew I didn't want the loan balances 
to grow even further, I wanted to make at least the interest payments. And with my job income, I was able to do a little bit more than that. But by the time I uh, finished paying off my loans, I'd been you know, on this laser-focused journey to get rid of that debt. And I paid it off. It was two years and six days. So I think 366 days, if I'm doing the math right in my head. Um, someone's probably going to email me and say I did that wrong. But it was uh, two years and six days after graduation. I was uh, totally debt-free. That, that was the day I made my very last payment. And you know, that was that was quite a hurdle to pay off that much debt that quickly. But it's doable. And I wanted to share with because so many people are having these debt problems. That was the number one problem with your peers, the people who listen to this podcast and read the emails and uh, and read the blog. So I wanted to really dedicate today to talking about a little bit about how I got out of debt, but a lot more about how you can get out of debt and start your plan to get out of debt. So let's just dive in right now. So the number one thing when you have debt is number one, always make the minimum payments. Absolutely never miss a minimum scheduled payment for any of your loans during this whole process. So the best way that I know of to do this, which is uh, something I'd recommend for all of you, set it up on auto pay so you never forget and set it to auto pay on your payday rather than you know the first day of the month or the 15th of the month or whatever arbitrary day the bank picks. You know You don't have to make your payments the day they ask. You can always make them early or um, you can't make them late because that'll hurt your credit and that'll cost you money. So, But you can adjust your payment date a little bit and you can always move it up. So you know, if you can get ahead just a little bit for one month, you can move that payment date up. And that's what I did to start. So if you can set up auto pay for all of those accounts to do the minimum payment on payday, whatever your payday schedule is, do that. And you know, there's lots of different ways to do it. And some let you send a you know direct deposit type payment from your bank's auto pay. And that's the way I set it up when I did it. So I didn't go into my loan website and say, okay, charge me on uh, you know on the whatever Friday, the first and third Friday of the month or however second and fourth last Friday, whatever your pay schedule is. I didn't set it up that way. I set it up to match my pay schedule from my bank's bill pay, which was Charles Schwab Bank. And I went in there and said, you know, every other week on Friday, send half the amount of my minimum payment. And that is totally allowed. It actually helps save you a little bit on interest. The way loan payments are attributed or are sent in, and this doesn't exactly work for mortgages, but pretty much every other type of debt, they will first send put part of your payment to the interest and whatever is left over will go to the principal. And the way interest compounds daily on most loans if you pay every other week rather than every week, it's going to save you a little bit of money, not too much over the long run, but it does add up to quite a bit. But it also helps match your expense schedule to your income schedule because you don't get paid once a month. You get paid usually every week or every other week or um, twice a month, however it's set up, you know, 24, 26 paydays, depending on your schedule. You know, match it to that because because you can and they let you do that. And that's totally cool. And that helped me get ahead of my debt. So now that you got the minimum payments all scheduled away, don't have to think about those. And if you're having trouble with just getting the minimums, you know, keep listening. I have something to talk about for that in a few minutes. But um, the next thing we want to do is create a debt snowball plan. Now, the debt snowball was made famous by finance guru Dave Ramsey. Love him or hate him, that he was the one who made this famous. Not, I don't know if he was the one who invented it. 
But how the debt snowball works or the debt avalanche, there's kind of two different ways people talk about it. The, the way I like to do it, because it makes mathematical the most sense, is he calls it the debt avalanche. So what you do is make a spreadsheet. You, know, go, you can go into Google Docs, make a new spreadsheet. It's free. If you have Microsoft Excel, uh, you can use that. Or if you have a Mac, um, you can use whatever the built-in spreadsheet program is. I have a Mac and I've, I've never actually used it. I think it's called Sheets or something like that. You can um, create a new spreadsheet, or there's a website that will be linked to in the show notes that you can do all this, all this for you without having to use a spreadsheet. You want to make a list of every single debt account you have. So list out your student loans, mortgages, car loans, credit cards, lines of credit, anything that you owe money that's debt that you want to get rid of, list it out and create a set of columns for each one. So you want to create one column that says the total balance that you have to pay off on these accounts, one that shows the interest rate on each of these accounts, and one that shows the minimum payment. You know, give a you can name it something that you'll remember. But those are the three most important things you want to look at. So what you want to do then once they're all in is use the sort function in the spreadsheet to sort interest rate from highest to lowest. And that is the order that financially it is best for you to pay off the debts. Now, the debt snowball, as opposed to the debt avalanche, would be ordering it from lowest balance to highest balance because there's a psychological factor in paying off debt. You know, if you get one loan paid off, it feels really, really good. So you get like revved up and energized to pay the next one. But financially and mathematically, it actually makes more sense to pay off the highest interest rate first. Because you don't, you know, your payments and your expense on your debt isn't based on the, it is based on the total balance, but it's really based on, you know, that cost per dollar. So if you have one loan that has a 7% interest rate and one that has a 14% interest rate, on the one with a 7%, you're paying half the expense is the 14. So you want to pay that 14% off first, even if, if it has a lower balance, a higher balance, it doesn't matter. You throw that out. All you really have to focus on is the interest rate if you want to do it mathematically the best. So that's the way I always suggest people do it. So sort interest rate highest to lowest. You've already set up on auto pay to make the minimum payment on each of those every month. So now what we're going to do is you're going to work your butt off and take save as much as you can. And every extra dollar that you can put into debt every month, you're going to put into that highest interest rate debt. And you're going to hammer on it and hammer on it and hammer on it and make extra payments and put, you know, your tax refund, you know, money, money that you don't normally have. That's not from your paycheck. Any kind of it's called extra income, birthday presents, tax refunds, bonuses at work, side income. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Any extra dollar you have that isn't committed to a need, you know, remember, separate wants and needs. Some people think they need to have a fancy car and the fanciest new phone and a cable package with 795 channels. I don't need any cable at all. No one needs cable. You want cable. You want to watch sports. You want to go buy Xbox games, things like that. You don't need it. So really think about what you need versus what you want. And anything you want, you know, you do budget a little bit of money for fun and entertainment because life would suck if you don't do that. But, you know, keep it slim and reasonable if you're paying off debt. And if you're underwater and struggling to make your payments, uh, cut that out completely until you're, you know, back above water. 
So focus on your needs. And once those are all met, you know, things like rent or mortgage, all these debt minimum payments, groceries, and that's all you really need, you know, car insurance if you're driving, you know, the basics. That's all you need. Clothing. Um, I'm trying to think of other needs. Um, but you get the point, you know, economic needs versus wants. So once you've met all of your needs, every other dollar should be going to that highest interest debt that you can just knock it out as quick as you can. Once that's gone, that minimum payment you won't have to make every month, and that extra money, everything, just roll it down to the next one on the list and just keep hammering away and hammering away until that one's gone and then roll down to the next one on the list. And eventually you'll find yourself totally debt-free. And that's that's how I did it. I had four student loans and the car loan at the same time was the total of my four different student loans. That was $40,000. And then the uh, the car loan, I was I was just hammering away and hammering away until one day I didn't have to make payments anymore. And that was awesome. And there's two big methods that I used to get out of that debt. And I want to share those two with you so you can use these methods to get out of debt too. Because, you know, it's easy to just have me say, oh, you know, just, you know, live without cable and then you can pay off all your debt. I get it. It's not that easy. And it was not that easy for me either. Though cutting cable did save me about $70 a month. That's what, seven, $840 a year. So that is serious money. So don't, you know, discount suggestions like that. But it was a little bit more complicated than that. So number one, live frugally, kind of like a college kid. You know, when I was in college, I survived on about $15,000 a year. And that was in my rent, which I had roommates. I didn't live, um, you know, in, in the nice multi-bedroom place that I live in now, a couple blocks from the beach. And when I was Paying off my debt, I lived in an okay area. You know, it wasn't a dangerous area. It wasn't the nicest part of town. My rent was uh, 600 and something dollars a month when I moved in and got my own apartment. Before that, I was actually living in a place with roommates that was $400 a month. I know in cities like San Francisco and New York, that's not possible. But um, that was in Denver, Colorado, which is one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. So if I could do it there, you can do it in most places other than the coasts or, you know, the biggest cities like Chicago or Miami. Uh, a lot of the country, you can find a pretty cheap place. Even if you don't like it, you know, maybe get a roommate. You can have your own room. You don't have to share a bedroom. But, you know, do things that college kids do to save money. You know, eat cheaper. Don't go out for sushi once or twice or three times a week. Don't do the sex in the city lifestyle where you're going to happy hour and having $12 cocktails and a couple of them multiple times a week. You know, really think about the budget. Yeah, maybe budget to go out one weekend a month and drink some cheap beer or have some friends over and make it a BYOB party or go to friends' houses. You know, find free things to do like going to parks and um, going on walks and bike rides. And there's a lot of great free entertainment that you can do most of the year, depending on where you live and in crappy winter months, you know, go to, go to friends' houses and have friends over to your house. There's a lot of ways to enjoy yourself without spending a lot of money. I mean, think about how much money you paid in college. If you played beer pong in college, you know, you have all your friends over for uh, what 15, 20 bucks for, for a whole big case of beer. That's as much as two beers, three, four beers at a bar, depending on where you live. So think of ways to live a less expensive lifestyle, just like in college and um, that's a way to save a lot of money. You know, rent, those, those big recurring expenses, those are the big wins you really want to tackle first. And then you want to get down to the nitty gritties like, you know, the $12 cocktails, getting rid of those, things like that. But focus on the big wins first, things like rent and roommates and, um, 
and the rest the rest will follow after that. So that's number one that I did to save a bunch of money. Number two is started earning more money on the side. It was actually starting to earn more money on the side to pay off my loans faster that led me to the path that I'm now working online full-time for myself, which uh, still blows my mind. I'm on uh, week three now, and when you listen to this, assuming you listen to it when it comes out, I will be sitting in London, England, celebrating that I can work anywhere in the world. And that would never have happened if I hadn't started earning money on the side to pay off my student loans. And once I paid them off, I kept earning that money on the side and kept growing it and growing it and growing it. And you know, last week, my second week of really full-time working on the side, I figured out on uh, Thursday night that in three days working that week, I had made more than a whole week of my last job I had in Denver a couple of years ago. So you know, three days of work was making more than five days of my old job. And um, you know, I'm still kind of mind blown by that. But if I can make that much in three days, then I'm sure you can make something you know, after work on an evening or a weekend. And that also gives you an activity to do. You don't have to worry about being entertained or uh, going out and spending money at bars and happy hours. You know, things like Netflix is, I, I know we, I'm just thinking of, I'm kind of going off uh, the seat, flying off the seat of my pants here, I guess is the expression. You know, um, Netflix, seven, eight bucks a month. You know, I couldn't live without internet. I don't think most people could these days. Netflix, eight bucks a month. That's cheaper than going to one movie and you get all the movies you want, like 20,000 of them listed on Netflix. So there's lots of ways, again, to uh, stay entertained without going out and spending money. But back to the topic of earning more on the side. So, you know, I was busy on evenings, I was busy on weekends, I was using all my free time, I started uh, freelance writing articles for clients, and they originally were, were smaller time bloggers who didn't have the big budgets that my clients now do, but everyone has to start somewhere. If you can make that first dollar on the side, that is really the big challenge point where people get stuck. They're like, how do I even, how can I make $5,000 a month on the internet? Things like that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what people like Pat Flynn and Michael Hyatt and me are doing. It's weird to compare myself to them. They make way more than me. But, um, you know, these internet people who go on and say how much money they make online, you don't have to be like them. Start with that first dollar. If you can make $10 a month on the side, you know, that's $120 a year you can use to pay off your debts. Double that, $20 a month, which I'm pretty sure, um, you know, minimum wage now in a lot of places is $15 an hour. So just mowing a lawn, you'll make more than that. If you can mow one lawn a week, you know, that could be $500 a year towards your loans. You can see how this grows from there. If you can make, you know, $10 a day, five days a week on the side, that's $50 a week. Let's call that $200 a month. That's you know, two thousand dollars a year in just ten months. So it's, you know, I'm kind of doing math in my head, but you know, that's twenty four, twenty eight hundred dollars a year, depending on how much you could make. If you can make, you know, ten, twenty dollars a day on the side. So really think, you know, think small and start with services like being a virtual assistant, or if you have a skill, if you're a really good writer or musician, look on sites like Fiverr, Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R. That's a great marketplace to start making on the side. Odesk, that was a place that I'd started, which is now, it has a new name, but if you type Odesk, it'll take you to the to the new place. It's called Upwork now, that's right. Upwork, U-P-W-O-R-K.com. That's a great place to find people to work with. That's where I found my VA who is editing this episode and transcribing this episode. So there are people out there hiring 
people who have your skill set, whatever your skill set is. If you're good at math, you could do bookkeeping, accounting, whatever you're good at, there's something out there. So definitely that's where I'd start is Fiverr or Upwork. And just look and see what other people are doing and list gigs and try it out. And uh, if you can do something in person, even better. And keep uh, stay tuned because I'm going to have a great post coming up on ideas to earn more on the side. To, to round this out, you know, the last thing I want to talk tell you is stay laser focused on this. It is really easy to get discouraged on debt. You're every month, you know, you're paying this money and paying this money. You don't see anything for it. It's not like, you know, it's, it's gratifying when you go to the mall and, and you buy a, I don't know if, if you're an, into shoes, let's say you could buy that awesome new pair of shoes. You know, if you're a guy, you might want those, uh, Sweet new Michael Jordan sneakers or whatever they uh, whatever they're coming out with now, ladies, you might want that hot new skirt. But you know, you know, what does that get you in the long run? You know, it makes you feel good for a few minutes, but you might end up paying for it for a while, especially if you put it on a credit card. Every time you make a debt payment, yeah, you don't get that gratifying feeling. But try to get into that mindset of look, that balance is getting smaller every time you make a payment. It gets a little smaller and a little smaller and a little smaller. And chart that out and look and see it's going down and down and down. And eventually it will hit zero. And then you'll have all that extra money that you've been putting into debt every month to go you know, buy that new pair of shoes or that new skirt. Because once you're out of debt, you have the financial freedom to do a little bit more of what you want, to travel more, to shop more. But of course, that also means save more. So don't get too far ahead of yourself on that spending. And we have, you know, there's lots of resources I have on the website about saving and how to invest. But again, today, I just wanted to talk about debt. And that is the strategy that I would say is is the generic get out of debt plan from personal profitability. And you can't really be profitable if you keep paying debt every month. You just got to get rid of it and then move forward. And the only way to move forward is to start with that first payment and that first dollar that you can put in there and start earning that first dollar on the side and living a frugal, lean lifestyle on the way. You know, if you if you look at yourself like a business, what do businesses do when they have debt? They make those payments and they try to pay it off as quickly as they can to avoid interest so they can be more profitable. And that's what we're all about here at Personal Profitability. So thanks very much for listening to this point. If you loved the episode, please take a moment to rate it on iTunes. Maybe share it with a friend. I don't have any other advertising other than word of mouth. So if you love it, you know, do me a little favor. If I helped you out, help me out, share it with a friend, try to grow the audience. Doesn't cost you anything more than a minute of your time. That's all for today. So thanks everyone for listening and being a great part of this community. And until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.